0: Hey everyone, welcome to Goodbye Privacy and welcome to our inaugural episode, episode number one in this new Cyber Hub Engage uh, cybersecurity media push where we are going to be talking simply and only about privacy. I am your host, James Azar. Follow me on Twitter under my uh, Twitter handle, James underscore Azar one, A-Z-A-R one, or follow the link that will be on this video of how to connect with me on Twitter. So for those who listen to our Cyber Hub Engage podcast, um, it's a, it's a, it's where we get the voice of the CISO and people who operationalize cybersecurity heard. And that podcast has grown tremendously. Thank you for the support. We really do appreciate it. Um, almost hitting a year mark on Cyber Hub Engage. Um, in fact, next month will be our one-year mark. But having said that, we are um, I, I started this podcast out of a desire to share the various ways uh, we've given up our privacy to the data cartels and really uh, we're, we're letting them use it to make a buck and we have no control over our data. And we've seen laws like GDPR uh, pass in Europe, but here in these great United States are is for sale for free to the highest bidder or lowest bidder for that matter. So I want to start by um, asking why. So I've been asked why to take this up and what's the plan. And really, the plan of this podcast is to educate you on how your data is being used, how it influences you directly and indirectly. This podcast will enlighten you. And I promise you one thing. I will always shoot straight. Always. I won't waver from giving you the truth. It is the truth that we are after. It is the knowledge that you need to know that I'm here to give you. And there's nothing more important than that. Now, the funny part of this podcast, really, and I'm, you know, one of those who'd likes to handle objections before we get started, but is I have to use the very platform I'm about to judge wine about. <laughs> um, and I know the irony. But that's also the point of this podcast, is all of our communication is concentrated between several companies that control it. And what does that mean? What does that mean for the way we communicate with each other, with our loved one, with our friends, with our colleagues? What does that mean about our privacy if the data cartels are controlling almost every aspect of the way we engage with others in our lives? So in our inaugural episode, in today's episode, we're going to be talking about those terms and conditions we often just click and agree on um, so that we can get access. Now, when did clicking become this easy? And why do we not? And, and and really, the question is, do we do the same with a paper contract as we do with an online terms and conditions pr- um, box? And the answer is no, we just don't. In fact, I think most of us read, um, I want to say responsibly, um, most contracts we get on paper and are asked to sign them or initial the page, right? Um, And so if we read every page and every contract we get and we go over the terms and conditions and, you know, some people skim through it, some people read it, but what does it really matter? Um, Online, we don't do that. And if the Facebook terms and conditions were printed, which I did, and I have here um, on the table. So if you're watching us on video, you can actually see that. Um, But if we had to go through it, it's about 12 pages here, folks. Um, And I'd ask you this. If you had to initial every page on these 12 pages online, would you sign up for Facebook? probably not. You'd probably move on, right? Look for something easier. And if you read it, it is the vaguest and one-sided agreement you will ever sign. It is so vague, so, so vague. Um, and so here's the thing. We all do this. All of us do. And we're all guilty of just accepting terms and conditions and just checking the box and not reading anything else. We do it because our in our minds, we don't really think we're accepting a legal agreement but we are when we click a box for terms and conditions when we open an account anywhere we are agreeing to a legal contract between ourselves and the company or organization we do that with and here's the thing all these companies know we don't read it all of them do remember I um, Apple's uh, iTunes terms and conditions a few years ago, there was a big, big hoorah about it, um, about them having terms and conditions that essentially stripped you of anything and everything on your uh, iTunes account and on your mobile device. And so now they make you scroll all the way down and make you click, I agree twice, right? To kind of make it more, but is that really happening? Are people really spending more time reading the iTunes terms and conditions? They're really not. You're just moving through it so you can download the new version, get access to your app, get access to your iPhone. It doesn't really matter. You're just trying to get online as quickly as possible and launch your new device. So these companies know it. And you can't go to court and say, oh, I didn't read it. I checked the box, but I really didn't read it. Because in court, that claim doesn't hold up. And these companies, they know it. And they bet that the users don't even care. They bet that their platforms are so important in our lives that we don't care. We will agree to anything they say. Because there's no negotiating with them, right? If you don't agree, they just tell you, okay, well, don't use Facebook. Don't use Instagram. Don't use Snapchat. Don't use LinkedIn or Twitter or anyone else of the major social networks so this is how the internet changed the way we view of checking the box I remember when I bought my car and I got my purchase contract right and I read every document and every word I read it because I knew that if I don't I could be signing something that would significantly affect me in the future And that could be when you're buying a warranty for your car. You're going through all the warranty details, making sure that everything the guy told you is there, that it's all really covered. But we don't do the same with our privacy online. We don't really care what's happening with our information. And those who care seem uptight. When did caring become uptight? I just don't know. But the one thing I did notice is I didn't do the same when I was agreeing to things online. Me, myself, as James, as your host of this podcast, I'm guilty of what I'm talking about. And I'm working on changing my behavior online, right? But in fact, I found these checkboxes to be really annoying in my desire to get the information or experience the platform the way I want to in the speed I want. These companies know it. They take advantage of it. And we just don't care. Right? And so I'm going to start by talking about the two biggest social media platforms online. Facebook and Instagram. Facebook owns Instagram. So I downloaded the terms and conditions I have in front of me. Downloaded them on February 21st. And I've spent a good part of the last month and a half going over them, talking to different attorneys I know, consulting with them on what it all really means. I made a bunch of highlights and I wanted to understand really how Facebook, which the Facebook and Instagram data is the same, but I wanted to understand how Facebook handles my data, secures my data and shares my data with others. Because really, Facebook has so much information on its users. So, I want to examine this. Now, I want to say this in prelude. I picked Facebook because it's Facebook. And we'll talk about that towards the end of the episode of why I really picked Facebook. And the statistics are staggering. But I reviewed Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, um, YouTube, Google, you name it, I've reviewed them all, right? And I'm recording this, today's April 2nd, and today the day is, uh, today is the day that Google Plus officially dies. Um, so uh, rest in peace, Google Plus. We will play a moment of a memory song now for the remembrance of Google Plus. So Google Plus, may you rest in peace, it was Google's attempt at a social network that they tried to compete with Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn, and it just didn't take off. It didn't. And then when the data breach was exposed, it was officially, Google Plus was like that redheaded stepchild in Google's office, right? The Google Plus guys weren't as cool, they weren't in the Vince Vaughn intern movie right? They were hiding somewhere in the other side of the building. Um, They may have worn um, Birkenstocks. I just don't know. And those guys were trying to launch a social media thinking they could outsmart Facebook. And they couldn't. They just didn't. (laughs) So rest in peace, Google Plus, we will miss you. But now that gets us back to talking about really the purpose of our podcast, and it's our goodbye privacy. And, and I chose Facebook's terms and conditions simply because they allow 13-year-old minors. And I know people who have their 6- and 7-year-olds with a Facebook account. Some people have a Facebook account for their dog or their Instagram account. Yeah, Instagram accounts for their kids and their dogs and their cats. And I want to say I'm, I'm happy you found a way to get your pet on social media. I do. Every time I go to the dog park now, I see owners taking pictures uh, with their phones of their pets and putting them up on their Instagram page, handing out, you know, follow my dog on Instagram. His name is Howard, the German Shepherd. I get it. But apparently you're violating your dog's privacy. (laughs) So let's talk about that for a little bit. I want to talk about the data policy that Facebook has all of us agree to. And I'm gonna go over this contract with you and I'm gonna break it down. I'm gonna read some legal mumbo jumbo and then I'm gonna explain it and make it really simple. I will say this, when I did this for LinkedIn, LinkedIn had a really cool feature. So they had the terms and conditions on the left side. And then on the right side, they took the three paragraphs and made it into two sentences trying to tell you, here, essentially you tell us that it's okay for us to collect your data. They don't tell you what data, um, because you have to read the two paragraphs. But you know, if you're just trying to see, check a box that you read the LinkedIn terms and conditions, they've simplified it for dummies. They did. But we're going to talk about Facebook because Facebook and Instagram didn't simplify anything. Neither did YouTube, by the way. And we, we'll look at YouTube later in the future on, on the video aspect. Uh, but in our first episode, let's talk about Facebook. So. Facebook kind of starts off with this, in big, bold letters. What kind of information do we collect? And I'm looking at this, folks, and let me tell you what they collect. So to provide the Facebook product, we must, must process information about you. So in order for you to use Facebook, they must process information about you. There's no other way, they must, interesting. And the types of information we collect depends on how you use our product. Okay, question here, how many ways is there to use Facebook or Instagram? I know of one, you log in, you share posts, videos, pictures on there. What more ways could you use Facebook, unless you're an advertiser? or a company, and even you go through the same actions that anyone else does on Facebook. You post a promotion or a story or something about your product service company, and you share it with the community. So things that you and others do and provide on Facebook. So now they're showing you that not only must they process information about you, they tell you the things that you and others do and provide on Facebook. So let's start with the first one. Information and content you provide. We collect the content, communication, and other information you provide when you use our products with an S, including when you sign up for an account, create or share content, and message or communicate with others. This includes information in or about the content you provide, like metadata. And if you don't know what metadata is, we're gonna get to that in the future, but remind that, mark it here, metadata. Such as the location of a photo, location of a photo, or the date a file was created. It can also include what you see through the features we provide, such as our camera. So we can do things like suggest masks or filters that you might like or give you tips on using camera formats get it they track your location so that they can give you a filter or mask that's their guys that's the way they market it and sell it to you their lawyers are not only sneaky they're used car salesmen and we're not paying attention our system automatically processes content and communication you and others provide to analyze context and what's in them for the purpose described below. And you can learn more uh, of how you can control these things and who can see the things you share by clicking here. We did that and it essentially said you can go to the privacy settings. And as we all know, if you've ever did that, if you ever went to privacy settings, you'd realize that none of that really does exist. Um, you can very, really seldomly control how your information is distributed, and the reason I say that is because if Micah, who's my executive producer on CyberHub, engage in goodbye privacy, tags me in a picture, I have the option on Facebook to add it to the timeline, but on Instagram it goes in photos I was tagged in automatically. I don't have that option. So data with special protection, so. They do have this paragraph that's called Data with Special Protections. And it says that you can choose to provide information about your life events, your religious and political views, uh, who you're interested in, or your health. Um, But here's here's the caveat. Such as racial or ethnic origin, philosophical beliefs, or trade union memberships could be subject to special protections under the laws of your country. So their data policy is global and they let you know that some things could be under special protection, which is fine. But we move on to the next thing, network and, con- and connections. So they say we collect information about the people, pages, accounts, hashtags, and groups you're connected to, and how you interact with them across our product, such as people you communicate with the most or groups you are part of. We collect contact information if you choose to upload, sync, or import it from a device. So you know how Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, I always said, hey, connect all your uh, phone contacts so that we uh, can see if they're on our network and connect you because after all, if it's in your phone book on your phone, it must be a friend, hmm. such as your address book, call log, or SMS log history. Now, how many of you thought that they just went into your address book? I know I did. After reading this, I go, oh, so you guys access my call log and my SMS log history? So you're not only going into my phone, you're not going into my contacts. The whole prerequisite, when you sign up for Facebook and it says, do you want to import contacts from your phone? And it then asks you to give it permission. It's really not just pulling your address book. It's pulling your call log and your SMS log history as well which we use for things like helping you and others find people you may know, and for other purposes listed below. And folks, when you go down below, you will be shocked. Shocked, shocked, shocked. So what else do they track? Your usage. We collect information on how you use our product, like the types of contacts you view or engage with, the features you use, the actions you take, the people or accounts you interact with, and the time, frequency, and duration of your activities. For example, we log when you're using and have the last user products and what posts, videos and other content you view on our products. We also collect information about how you use features like our camera. Holy smokes, they track everything you do. Fine. Here comes the way uh, Mark Zuckerberg, when he testified in front of Congress and he was asked by uh, some idiot lawmaker of how does Facebook make money, and he said, well, we sell ads, here it comes, page two, under terms and conditions at a 12. Small paragraph in the middle. Sp- the title is in bold, but uh, information about transactions made on our products. So, if you use our products for purchases or other financial transactions, such as when you make a purchase in a game or make a donation, we collect information about the purchase or transaction. This includes your payment information, such as your credit or debit card number. And other card information, other account and authentication information, and billing, shipping, and contact details. Essentially, if you do anything on Facebook, outside of just them knowing what you like and don't like, and who you are connected with, they now have your credit card data, and they keep it. They process it. They use it to make a buck. Where you're billing and shipping and your contact details. Things others do and information they provide about you. Here is another caveat. We also receive and analyze content communication and information that other people provide when they use our product. This includes information about you, and this was the point I was talking about with Micah earlier. Such as, when others share or comment on a photo of you, send a message to you, or upload, sync, or import your contact information. So let's say, for example, I don't wanna be on Facebook. I have no reason to be on Facebook. I don't want Facebook to have any of my information whatsoever. But Micah has my phone number because Micah is my friend and Micah's on Facebook and Micah agrees to have Facebook upload his address book. They now have my data and they can use it. And this is the part where they say early on in the paragraph, early on, early on, that we use things like helping you and others find people you may know and other purposes listed below meaning you don't even need to be on facebook for facebook to track you so device information okay i get this you want to know how people interact with facebook what devices they're using i'm not even going to go on th- I'm, I'm not even going to go on a tangent here because everyone does this It's not only Facebook. Every small company wants to know how people interact with their emails, with their website, and so forth. They want to know how much of our traffic is mobile and how much of it is desktop. You're not going to hear me complain here. I believe them collecting this data is important for the user experience on their platform. I'm not even going to go there. I told you early on in this podcast, I will shoot you straight. And if something is straight, I will say it's a straight, there's nothing in here. But they here's the other part of it though. So I get it. You want to know if I'm on my laptop, desktop, mobile phone or tablet. But why do you need to know my operating system, hardware and software versions, my battery level, my signal strength, available storage space, browser type, app and file file names and types and plugins? I don't understand why they need all that data. I don't If you know that I'm on my iPhone, it's all you need to know. At least that's what I think. And here's another one. They also obtain device operation data. Here's the scary part. Information about operation and behaviors performed on the device, such as whether a window is foregrounded or backgrounded or mouse movements. And they say we do this so that we can help distinguish humans from bots. Hmm. Okay. As someone who's in cybersecurity, I'm gonna take a step here and say, okay, but I'm gonna call you a bullshit, because it's bullshit. Let's keep going here because th- there's a lot more stuff to be outraged about as we continue to go. So device signals, Bluetooth signals, and information about nearby Wi-Fi access points, beacons, and cell towers. So they not only collect your device, but they collect your device signals. So if you're on Bluetooth and you're connected on Bluetooth, they mark it. If you're on Wi-Fi and you're sitting at a coffee shop, it's gonna access and see all the Wi-Fi points around you, any beacons or cell towers. Holy smokes, that's so much information. Data from device settings. Information you allow us to receive through device setting you turn on, such as access to your GPS, location, camera, or photos. They do collect and use this data in ways they deem possible to help you use their product better. In ways they deem, they meaning Facebook deems, as a way to help you use their product better. And it gets better. Network and connections. So, information of your mobile operator or ISP, language, time zone, mobile phone number, IP address, connection speed, and in some cases, <laughs> I love how they put this. In some cases, this lawyer got paid good money here, man. Good, good money. Information about other devices that are nearby or on your network. So we can do things like help you stream a video from your phone to your TV. Hmm. Now, technically, if I'm on my iPhone and I want to stream something to the TV that's right behind me that has our Goodbye Privacy logo on it, I connect to Apple TV and I stream the video that way. Facebook has no need to have that information. But apparently, they're using this as a geist to collect a bunch of information. They really should have no reason to have. And finally, my favorite word that we're going to have a whole episode dedicated to, cookie data. And I'm not going to get into cookie data because if I do, I'm going to have to explain to you what a cookie is. And a cookie sounds nice because we all love cookies. Santa Claus loves cookies. What do we leave for Santa on Christmas Eve? Cookies and milk, right? <laughs> There's a whole world of cookie and metadata that we're going to talk about. But we're going to keep going. So here comes part page um, three of our uh, terms and conditions with uh, Facebook out of 12. We're not going to go over all 12, folks, so you can relax, but this is very, very interesting. So... Information from partners. So here they talk about information from partners. And this is where we're going to get really into it. And as we near the 2020 presidential elections, my point is to show you how social media was manipulated in 2016, how these companies blindly turned an eye to that. And this is the clause that gives it all away. So, Information from partners they collect from advertisers, app developers, and publishers can send us information through Facebook business tools they use, including our social plugins such as the Like button, a Facebook login, our APIs and SDKs, or the Facebook Pixel. Now, Pixel and Cookie have a meaning. We'll talk about that at a later episode. These partners provide information about your activities off of Facebook, Listen to this. These partners provide information about your activities off of Facebook. So if I'm not on Facebook, but I'm on Amazon, and we'll get to that in a later episode as well. Facebook can collect that information about me and has it, including information about your device, websites you visit, purchases you make, Ads you see and how you use their service whether or not you have a Facebook account or are logged into Facebook I'll repeat these partners so if I'm a business advertiser app developer or publisher on Facebook by using Facebook business tools I am essentially agreeing to give Facebook the following information about you whether you have a Facebook account or you don't. And that's information about your device, the websites you visit, purchases you make, ads you see in how you use their services, whether or not you have a Facebook account or you're logged into Facebook. And then they give you an example that makes it feel all fun and fuzzy and harmless. That example is a game developer could use our API to tell us what games you play, or a business could tell us about a purchase you made in their store. We also receive information about your online and offline actions and purchases from third-party data providers who have the right to provide us with your information. So here comes my best legal part here. Goodbye privacy. Really fucking goodbye privacy. We also receive information about your online and offline activities. So if you walked into a Best Buy and bought a DVD, if you still do that, they have the right, Best Buy has the right to provide Facebook with your information. And then in two sentences, maybe three, two sentences really, they do this partners receive your data when you visit or use their services or through third parties they work with. We require each of these partners to have lawful li- rights to collect, use, and share your data before providing any data to us. <laughs> All right, folks. You ready for this? So what does this really mean? You know what this means? It means that if Best Buy collected your data and you didn't know about it. So I started by saying that we click the box aimlessly without even understanding what we're clicking. How many times when you go to a store to ask you for your email address or phone number to complete a transaction, how many times do you give it? Does the cashier ever tell you, hey, do we have your consent to use this data? No, they don't. They don't ask you that. They say, oh, I need your email or phone number. And if you refuse to give it, they give you the sour face, like they're ticked off. Like, what do you mean you don't want to give me your email or phone number? Why not? And if you don't give it, they get pissed. But here's the point. By you giving it, you're essentially consenting for them to share it with Facebook unknowingly. Think about that for a minute. Let that sink in. We're going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsor, and we're going to be right back after this. The CyberHub Engage podcast is sponsored by CyberHub Academy. Now, people have been asking me, "What is CyberHub Academy?" Well, just for the sake of full disclosure, before I get into it, I am a part of CyberHub Academy. My uh, partners there have uh, supported my vision for CyberHub Engage, uh, in turn, in, in return for their sponsorship. But they are cyber business operation experts, and that means that they help any size business operationalize cybersecurity, whether it be identifying threats solving issues and problems, developing incident response plans, practicing incident response through tabletop exercises, and identifying different methods to maximize and really bring value out of your cybersecurity budget. We all know that cybersecurity budgets are tight, and it typically doesn't start raining money until something happens. Well, these are the guys to help you make sure that if, God forbid, something does happen, you would have all your T's crossed and your I's dotted. Make sure to support them and check them out, cyberhubacademy.com. Perfect. So we're back. And um, thanks to our sponsors for supporting this uh, podcast. Obviously, without them, this wouldn't be possible. Um, so let's get back to this thing. So here comes my favorite big part. Right. So we talked about what kind of data they collect, who they collect it from, and how they deem necessary to use it. But here comes my favorite part. In big bold letters, they say, How do we we use this information? (laughs) Yeah, wow. Now let's see how Facebook uses all the information it collects on us. Because up until this point, and by the way, folks, I'm not just isolating Facebook here. So for those who say Facebook's an easy target right now, they're a wounded bird. Yeah, but these same terms and conditions exist on LinkedIn, Twitter, YouTube, Google, Microsoft, you name it. Anything you use, they have the same exact terms and conditions. It's no different. Amazon, you name it. They all have the same exact terms and conditions. When it comes to information they collect, there is one lawyer, one lawyer who wrote this shit up, and then every other uh, in-house counsel fixes it, makes it nice and pretty, adjusts it to the company, puts it online, puts a box, makes you click it, and that gives them a legal right to use your data. And if you don't do it, they don't give you access. They don't give you a choice. They don't give you a choice to use their platforms without agreeing to everything they want you to agree to. It's not a choice. So let's talk about what kind of information, we, we talked about what kind of information they collect, but let's talk about, I think my, my, my favorite part here, which is how do we use this information? So they're going to start off by telling us that they're good, nice, and handy, right? We want to really personalize and improve our products for you. So we use the information we have to deliver our products, including to personalize features and content, including your news feed and Instagram feed, Instagram stories and ads, and make suggestions for you, such as groups or events you may be interested in or topics you may want to follow on and off our products. So, you want to personalize my experience. I get it. You've invested a ton of money in this algorithm. But we're going to talk about this aspect here towards the end. Because if I get into this, I'm going to go on a rant, and it'll be 20 minutes long, and I don't want to do that. So, how do they use our information? Well, let's figure it out. So, the other part they talk about here is we learn more about how we use information about you to personalize your Facebook and Instagram experience, including features, contents, and recommendations in Facebook products. And you can also learn about about how we choose ads that you see. And then they have the ads as clickable, and you click on it, and it says, you know, if you don't want to see an ad, you can essentially mark the ad as an ad you don't want to see, and essentially that lets them know not to show you that ad anymore. Although you still see it later, it just goes dormant for about three to four days. But if you re-engage with the product or the brand or the ad, that'll come back. So here we go. Information across Facebook products and devices. We connect information about your activities on different Facebook products and devices to provide a more tailored and consistent experience on all Facebook products you use. Whether wherever you use them. For example, we can suggest that you join a group on Facebook that includes people you follow on Instagram or communicate with using Messenger. We can also make your experience more seamless. More seamless. For example, automatically filling in your registration information, such as your phone number. We want to make it easy on you. So we're going to take all this data we collect and we're going to share it with whoever you interact with and suggest that you give them your data as well. Location related information, hmm. So we use location related information such as your current location where you live and places you like to go and the businesses and people you're near to provide, personalize and improve our products, including ads for you and others. Location related information can be based on things like precise device location if you've allowed us to collect it, IP addresses and information from you your, and other use of Facebook products, such as check-in or events you attend. Then they have this whole clause about product research and development, which we're not going to get into. Here's my, here's the big piece, folks. Ready for this one? Facial recognition. If you've turned it on and we use facial recognition technology to recognize you in photos, which we've all agreed to because it comes on standard, you have to go in and disable it. And to get there is quite the way to do that. We may end up doing a a video tutorial on how to set the proper Facebook and LinkedIn and Twitter privacy settings. We may do like a quick YouTube tutorial for this. So the face recognition templates we create may constitute data with special protections under the laws of your country. Learn more about how they use it. And so here's the thing, they don't tell you how they use it here, they just tell you they use it. But if you wanna learn more, you gotta click on another link. And when you click on that link, it takes you to a whole other area that explains it to you. And then that's how you do it. That's how they do it. That's how they get you. Because when you go through this, you're going through 12 pages. If we got a contract that had links at a car dealership that was 12 pages long, and then you had to click on other links, this is only 12 pages long because I didn't print everything that I clicked on all the other links. If I did that, it'd be around 50 pages long. So I just want you guys to be mindful of that. Ads and other sponsored content. We use the information we have about you, including information about your interests, actions, and connections to select and personalize ads, offers, and other sponsored content that we show you. Okay, I get it. If I like North Face products, it's going to show me North Face products. I get it. I appreciate it. Thank you, Facebook, for just showing me North Face and not showing me an alternative that might be better. You know, who knows? But, you know, just keep controlling what I want. So, then they go we provide measurement analytics and other business services we use the information we have including your activity off our products folks activity off our products such as the websites you visit and ads you see to help advertisers and other partners measure the effectiveness and distribution of their ads and services and to understand the types of people who use their services and how people interact with their websites apps and services so They not only track you on Facebook, they track you you off Facebook. How about that? Take that for a second there. Let that settle in. They also use our data to promote safety, integrity, and security. Oh, Facebook, you are my knight in shining armor. I want to create a shirt with a big F on it, you know, the Facebook F with a cape, and have Facebook be a superhero. We promote... We use the information we have to verify accounts and activity, combat harmful conduct, detect and prevent spam and other bad experiences, and maintain the integrity of our product, and promote safety and security off and on Facebook fra- products. For example, we use data we have to investigate suspicious activities or violations of our terms or policies. <laughs> uh, I, I'm, a, I'm a, I must get stuck on this one, folks, here for a second. Um, number one. There's more spam on Facebook than there's ever been before. Number two, Mark Zuckerberg went in front of Congress and testified at the fact that Russia, Iran, and other entities were using Facebook to manipulate people's opinions. The term fake news wasn't initially given to CNN by President Trump, it was given to bots and trolls and fake accounts on Facebook that were posting false stories about Hillary Clinton and the Democratic Party. That's where fake news were born. You don't use our data. You're not using our data to create a safe Facebook. It was only earlier this week or over the weekend that Facebook said they're going to start banning Nazi white nationalists off of Facebook. But what happened to banning radical Islamic terrorists as well? How come they're still on Facebook but white supremacists are off of Facebook? If you really care about safety, you would promote, you would get rid of any hate speech, hate speech, I'm sorry, that offends anyone on Facebook. This, guys, that you're collecting our information and how you share and use our information to make Facebook safer, I'm very sorry, Facebook. I am not safe on Facebook. I still get spammed. I still see hate speech. I still see radical propaganda on Facebook. And so if this is something you say that you're doing to make us feel all mushy and fuzzy inside, I call bullshit. And that's that. <laughs> Next, communication with you. So they use our information to communicate with us. I've never communicated with Facebook. Has anyone ever tried to communicate with Facebook? I, I can't remember or research and innovate for social good. So here's my favorite thing. They use our data to research and innovate for social good. Who's social good exactly? We use the information we have including from research partners we collaborate with to conduct and support research and innovation on topics of general social welfare, technological advancement, public interest health and well-being. For example, we analyze information we have about migration patterns during crises and relief and to aid relief efforts. Hmm. Interesting. So great. This is how they use our information. Then we move to the next big topic they want us all to agree to, which is how's our information shared? Meaning who has our information? (laughs) And this is where it gets really good, folks. This is where it gets really good. So I want to make sure I have it all in front of me because I don't want to lose my track, uh, my train of thought here. So here we go. How is this information shared? And this goes into a beautiful subject line that goes, your information is shared with others in the following ways. Sharing on Facebook. Products. So people and accounts you share and communicate with. So our information is shared uh, with people we communicate with. Similarly, when we use Messenger or Instagram to communicate with people or businesses, they share our data. Public information can be seen by anyone off and on on and off the product. So that's fine. We all know this to be the case. You have privacy settings so that who can see your profile and what kind of data. That's actually really easy. Content others share or reshare about you. So you should consider who you choose to share stuff with because people can see your activity on our products can choose to share it with others on or off our product including people and businesses outside the audience you share it with for example when you share a post or send a message to a specific friend or account they can download screenshot or reshare the content so here they're just telling you be careful what you put online because really someone can share it take a screenshot put it anywhere we all know that to be the case that's on every single platform. It's not only a Facebook problem, it's a we- it's an online internet problem. So information about your active status, presence on our products, we get that. So here we go, folks. Are you ready for this one? Here we go. Apps, websites, and third-party integrations on or using our product. So remember how we said that you don't even need to be on Facebook for Facebook to really obtain your data? Here comes the part. When you choose to use a third-party app, website, or other service that use or are integrated with our products, they can receive information about what you post or share. For example, when you play a game with Facebook friends or use a Facebook comment or share button on a website, the game developer or website can receive information about your activities in the game or receive a comment or link you share from the website on Facebook. Also, when you download or use such third-party services, they can access your public profile on Facebook and any information you share with them. Apps and websites you use may receive your list of Facebook friends if you choose to share it with them, but apps and websites you use will not be able to receive any other information about your Facebook friends from you or or information about any of your Instagram followers, although your friends and followers may, of course, choose to share this information themselves. Information collected by third-party services is subject to their own terms and conditions, not this one. Meaning... Whatever third-party apps or websites you use that are integrated with Facebook have their own terms and conditions that are not applicable to Facebook, and Facebook has no sort of jurisdiction on that. Devices and operating systems providing native versions of Facebook and Instagram, like where we have not developed our own first-party apps, will have access to all information you choose to share with them, including information your friends share with you so that they can provide you with our core functionality to you. Now they do have a note that they're working on restricting developer data access to prevent help um, um, to prevent uh, abuse, but that's a bunch of bullshit. Um, they haven't done it yet, and I know they haven't done it because the next page is absolutely infuriating. Sharing with third-party partners, we work with third-party partners to help provide uh, to help us provide and improve our products to. Uh, to whoever uses uh, Facebook business tools to grow their business, which makes it so. Th- this is under the guise that all this data we collect, we share it to help other people grow their business, so that they can so that they can be successful. Okay. They also partner with uh, partners who use our analytics service. So they people wonder how Russia and Iran were so easy to manipulate parts of Mid America. This is how they did it by being a partner. Of Facebook and their analytics service and getting all this data that Facebook collects and shares including aggregate demographic and other informations to help them understand interactions with pages and accounts including page admins business profiles Instagram business profiles a number of people uh, that who view and react to accounts or comment on posts so they essentially give you everything in a demographic place so if out that everyone here is against um, Abortion I can actually put out a bunch of data and misinformation and really manipulate the minds advertisers We provide advertisers with reports about the kind of people seeing their ads and how their ads are performed I get that that is your responsibility if I'm paying for an ad you have to share that we're not going to go into that They have measurement partners. This is a two. uh, This is a one sentence, but this is I think one of the more um, Standing sentences here is we share information about you with companies that aggregate it to provide analytics and measurement reports to our partners And then when you subscribe to receive premium content or buy something from a seller in our products, the content creator or seller can receive your public information and other information you share with them, as well as the information needed to complete the transaction. Get that. I'm fine with it. They also share your data with researchers and academics. They also share your data with law enforcement and legal requests, to which you have no right. It is their responsibility. And how do Facebook companies work together? So this is the big piece, right? Facebook and Instagram share infrastructure, system, and technology with other Facebook companies. And we're going to talk about that in our next episode. And they provide innovative, relevant, and consistent and safe experiences across all Facebook company products that we use. Meaning they share information across their platforms and they don't give a rat's tail whether or not. So let's say they have here on the bottom of page 9, page 10 of their terms and conditions, how can I manage or delete information about you? So if I want to manage and delete information about me, here we go. Because this is crucial, right? If you're listening to this podcast right now and you go, i um, disconnecting from Facebook, delete Facebook hashtag. Here we go. We provide you with the ability to access rectify port and erase your data and you can learn more by visiting facebook settings and instagram settings now here comes the part where they go you know what it's not so bad you don't want to do that you know why because we store data until it is no longer necessary to provide our services and facebook products or until your account is deleted whichever comes first this is a case-by-case determinations that depends on things like the nature of the data why it is collected and processed, and relevant legal or operational retention needs. For example, when you search for something on Facebook, you can access and delete that query from within your search history at any time, but the log of that search is deleted after six months. If you submit a copy of your government-issued ID for account verification purposes, we delete that copy 30 days after submission. You can learn more about that. When you delete your account altogether, we delete things you have posted, such as your photos and status updates, and you won't be able to recover that information later. Information that others have shared about you isn't part of your account and won't be deleted. If you don't want to delete your account but want to temporarily stop using the product, you can deactivate your account instead. So what they essentially say is, and in the first part, folks, this is really important. They store data until it is no longer necessary or your account is deleted, whichever comes first. But then they go on to say, this is a case by case determination. So I consulted a very good friend of mine who's a brilliant legal mind and asked him what, this next line is very, very confusing. And he went on to say, you can delete your account. It doesn't mean that they will delete your data. They will still store your data and use your data as part of their analytics and other services until they deem it to be no longer necessary or needed for operation, and then they go on to talk about how do we prevent, um, how do we respond to legal requests or prevent harm. So if you know they y- you sue someone and you got to get a Facebook log, how to handle that, you can read that on your own. You don't need that. Um, and so here's the fo Here here's the thing, folks. Facebook collects this data, uses it, shares it whether you use a Facebook product or you don't they don't really care they're going to collect this data. And on page 11 they have a very very interesting piece here and uh, I've made a absolute mess trying to do this but I got to find page 11 real quick. And page 11 has something about how they use Um, how data is shared across global services. And I think this one really stands out to me. Here we go, it's right here. All right. How do we operate and transfer data as part of our global services? We share information globally, both internally within the Facebook company and externally with our partners and with those who connect and share with around the world. In accordance with this policy, your information may, for example, be transferred or transmitted to or stored and processed in the United States or other countries outside where you live for the purposes as described in this policy. These data transfers are necessary to provide the services set forth in the Facebook terms and Instagram terms and to globally operate and provide our products to you. We utilize standard contract clauses relying on European Commission adequacy decisions about certain countries as applicable and obtain your consent for these data transfers to the United States and other countries. So... Um, You know how you guys were wondering how uh, Russia um, got in? (laughs) This is it right here. This one paragraph tells you how they share information. So think of it like this. If I'm a communist country like China, Russia, Iran, where Facebook operates and has offices, and the government is in bed with technology, meaning Facebook had to make a government deal to operate in that country, meaning they gave them access to this data. That our data is given to the Russian, Chinese, Iranians, and any other adversary or ally out there for them to review and look and understand how the American population behaves. If you wonder why there's so much division in our country today, if you wonder why the online world doesn't feel as safe as it once was, and how walking down the street today feels safer than being online, ask yourself one question. Who's seeing our online behavior and what are they doing with it? How are they controlling it? How how does that change the way they communicate with the United States and with the citizens of these United States or globally? If you think of regional or global unrest since 2011, so the Arab Spring started on Facebook and Twitter and it exploded. And it led to a seven-year civil war in Syria that still hasn't ended, that took the lives of over a million people and dislocated another five million people as refugees, making them live in camps, children malnourished. And we say, oh, if it wasn't for social media, these stories wouldn't come out. And the injustice would still be there. You're right. But the other side of that argument is, did social media bring it to the point where different political factions who had access to to this data could use it to manipulate and create conflicts in areas of the world that weren't there to begin with and didn't need to happen. And I guess that's the question you have to ask yourself. In the 30s, the Nazi party used propaganda in papers to devise the German population against those who weren't ethnic Germans, whether it be Jews um gypsies um homosexuals you name it is social media that new platform is facebook twitter linkedin that new platform that's just absolutely piercing through the population allowing these actors that make money from wars and it promotes their political agenda to control the minds and to control the way population get their news there was a recent study that was done that said that 70% of people get their news through social media. They don't even get it through traditional traditional news channels, which is crazy. But how do you verify sources? And we always talk about that. How do you verify sources? So what does this really mean? And I want to get to this, and, and we'll, we'll end on this. Facebook and Instagram alone boast over 3.2 billion monthly active accounts 3.2 billion there's nearly 7 billion people on the planet that's around 48 percent of the world's population sits on Facebook and Instagram and when people ask me why are you using Facebook and Instagram it's because of that staggering number all of within itself Um, the stat that I got was from a a website called statista um, and it's based on a January 2019 count So now let's say that 30% of this number have dual accounts, meaning they've got a Facebook and an Instagram account. They count as an active account in both. And let's say that for the sake of this argument, we'll say 30%. And the reason I say 30% is because most adults over the age of 45 only have Facebook. Most kids under the age of 23 only have Instagram. And in that middle of the 23 to 45, you've got people who have two, both a Facebook and an Instagram account. So if we take that under consideration, we take 30% off the 3.2 billion, that takes away just about 1 billion active accounts as duplicates. So then Facebook alone has 2 billion active accounts. And that doesn't even include WhatsApp, which has 1.5 billion monthly users. That means Facebook has 3.5 billion monthly users on all its platforms. And how many of us use all three of those to communicate? That's a staggering number that explains why sometimes when you message your wife on WhatsApp about organic milk, all of a sudden your Facebook and Instagram news feed has a promotion about organic milk. And we're going to talk about that on the next episode, folks. When this sinks in, only then can we comprehend how we gave up our privacy for a thumbs up or a heart emoji. I hope and pray that you continue to follow what we're doing here at Goodbye Privacy. This is our first episode. We're still finding our rhythm. So I apologize about that. But we've put in a lot of work and a lot of research. On this specific podcast. On helping you educate those around you. Or helping you educate yourself on this topic. If you want to have us explore a privacy topic. You can message us. Goodbye Privacy. You can go to our CyberHub Engage page um, on YouTube. Um, you can go to Patreon and support our CyberHub Engage mission by being one of our Patreon members. This video will only be available on YouTube for 20 minutes. After 20 minutes, it'll go directly into our logo. To get the full access to the entire video and some of the unique content and that we put out there, you have to be our Patreon member. And you can go to Patreon.com forward/cyberhub engage and support us there. Make sure you watch our very funny video that Mike and I did where we take walks in the woods and we shoot basketball in our office. <laughs> so with that being said, you can follow us online cyberhub engage. I want to thank our sponsors. So next time on Goodbye Privacy, how does Google, Twitter, YouTube and Amazon use the data and how do these companies really build a data empire? That's going to be next time on Goodbye Privacy. Thanks for listening. I'm your host, James Azar. We'll be back next week.